Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's the second hour of Sports Talk. I'm Scott Beatty and Evan Kahn. We are so glad you are with us and um, allow us to be a little bit a part of your day. Hope well, your weekend is off to a good start. It's homecoming weekend. Lots of buzz around this town as the 112th homecoming. It's always a little bit of a back and forth if, or bragging rights uh, in up for discussion about who started homecoming and all that. There's a whole thing about it, but Illinois is one of the firsts to have to have a homecoming mm. at least. Tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Illinois and Minnesota, and tonight they're doing a whole bunch of stuff over by the stadium. There's a parade coming up. You see some of the uh, streets have blocked off. I think the team buses are going to go through on the parade, and they're going to be a drone show. Have you ever seen one of those? A drone show? Yeah. They're really so. cool. I saw one. Like with the lights and stuff? Yeah, they're all lit up, and you got to do it at night. But then, I mean, you're looking up the sky and seeing all these formations, and they, you know, it's a big three-dimensional cube, and then <laughs> I guess there's no such thing as a two-dimensional cube, but a three-dimensional cube, and and then then they'll go into this shape and that shape, and it's, it's really neat. And mm. It's only like 100 feet in the air or whatever they are, and then they could – all the drones like leave in a formation or in a single line and it looks like a bunch of planes getting ready to land at an airport. It's really cool. I was trying to think, did one of the Olympic cer- opening or closing ceremonies recently do one of those? Oh, that may have been. I think that might have been the only time I saw something like that. So uh, anyway, there's lots of festivities and it's an 11 a.m. kick tomorrow morning. We were just discussing before we came on the air, is it um, is that going to dissuade or encourage the the tickets this week i mean the the magnitude of the game is we keep saying this this is the biggest one yet for (laughs) illinois and minnesota is not ranked illinois is but minnesota has been ranked i think you could you know they probably feel like they still should be but they lost to purdue last week Uh, so this is the most complete football team that illinois has faced yet Mm -hmm. minnesota with a really good defense particularly against the run and uh, a, a more complete offense than what Illinois has. Mm-hmm. They have, they both have really good running games, but Minnesota just moves the ball a little more explosive. I'm intrigued to see how this all plays out. Illinois has got the home field advantage, the homecoming, the momentum. Minnesota gets their star running back back. I don't know how to how, how to pick this. The line is, you know, the Vegas line is saying pick Minnesota. I would be tempted to take Illinois to at least cover, but in terms of this straight-up win, I don't know. There's a few people that are saying Illinois. Since the the news that 
Mo Ibrahim was announced that, that he would for sure play when the line moved to six or six and a half. It hasn't moved since. That's what's been most curious to me. And most of the people that have been on Illinois the last couple of weeks, uh, the few handicappers that I follow and keep track of that, they aren't on Illinois this week. But the fact that the line hasn't moved tells me that Vegas thinks that's that's pretty set. But that's, yeah. like you said, that's a that's a big line. I don't see Minnesota as seven-point favorites. I don't know if they're taking into account whether Tommy DeVito may or may not play, if that's got an effect on it. But essentially, they're saying on a neutral, on a neutral field, Minnesota is somewhere between three and four points better than Illinois. Maybe, maybe you could argue that, but I just, I keep coming back to they haven't played anybody. And the one team that they did play, they lost to at home, and they only scored 10 points. I know they didn't have Mo Ibrahim in that game, and that is essentially their offense. So I, I'm still cautiously optimistic. I, I think quarter, the quarterback hinges on a lot of it. The the fact that mostly everybody else is going to be healthy. Sounds like DeVito and McCray might be the, the two biggest question marks headed into it. But I, I still put it closer to a pick em than than a, a touchdown difference. Minnesota, we, we talked a little bit about it. Minnesota's yards allowed has gone up every game, but so has the intensity of competition. Mm-hmm. They didn't know that at the time when they played Michigan State. Right. They really looked solid against the Spartans. It, was, it turns out the Spartans aren't that good, um, and that bodes well for Illinois when the, the Spartans come here. But I'm curious if DeVito is not ready to go. Art Sitkowski has continued to show the capability of making – uh, a, a great throw. He can do it, but he's also been errant mm-hmm. uh, and he's made some poor decisions. But I, I think he is a solid uh, uh, option at quarterback for Illinois. But do you turn more to the running game? If you do and you don't have Josh McCray, how much can you keep going mm-hmm. 30 carries on Chase Brown? You can't. He's going to wear down. He, he, you're just leaving him more likely to to get hurt and as we were talking with Brian and we've said this week Chase is the kind of guy who's gonna find contact and and he'll knock a guy off off his blocks if he has to 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 get a few more yards so those things can can catch up to you and yeah as much as I'm trying to knock Minnesota's defense with with your backup quarterback you just can't sustain drives like you can with your main quarterback right the the first drive last week against Iowa was something like 15 16 16, 17 plays obviously only ended in a, a field goal but after that Illinois didn't put together drives quite like that so it's going to take some big plays whether that's Chase Brown whether that's Art Sikowski finding somebody deep um, I, it, it's going to be an offensive struggle do you swing to the barge do you mm. really lean in on the run they did last year right yeah but what's different because you have a lot of the same personnel. Yeah. Um, but Maybe a little able more. To throw. I mean, DeVito's a better thrower Yeah, than Peters or Sitkowski. I'm not talking about strength. I'm just talking about overall thrower. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like the passing game's been deficient. This has been fairly balanced. I think Illinois is somewhere as a average to slightly below type of average in the statistics across the country in terms of their passing offense. Mm-hmm. But that's okay when you have Chase Brown and you have the running attack, you do. But do you just lean all in if you feel like, I don't have my my guy at quarterback? That's, that's tough because I, I figure 
like we saw last year, we haven't seen it as much this year, but Brett Bielema was probably going to lean more on his defense than his offense. So they've gone for it multiple times, what, three times on fourth down last week, which is something that they weren't doing last year. So maybe it's the Illinois offense, but I, I imagine he's going to trust that his defense can get stops, maybe get a, a takeaway. I was surprised it took Illinois 58 and a half minutes to get a takeaway last week. Um, if they can get something early to sway the momentum, get the offense going or, or get the, the momentum on the defensive side, then Illinois can maybe just play coast since you're at home and they've shown that they can control the ball. Here's a, here's something else that I think about. I keep forgetting because Illinois just kind of squeaked that win out against Iowa. What if they don't have turnovers? Yeah. Well, that, that, Iowa's better at making turnovers. And... And I think all three three turnovers, two off the top of my head that I can remember, were Illinois' fault. Yeah. And and one almost was, but thank you for replay. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Osmussen's coming in the world according to Bob. Coming up, the News Gazette columnist will weigh in on this and more. It's an OSF Illini Friday. It's brought to you by OSF Healthcare. They want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, go to osfhealthcare.org slash mission. Nailed it. That one's Matt, a little different, right? No, that's the Oh, same. it's the same one? Yeah. I wanted to get it right the second time. Matt Daniels <laughs> is also checking in. News Gazette editor, IlliniHQ.com as well. High School Game of the Week is tonight on our sister station, Light Rock 97.5. Joey Wright, Colin Likas, Colin Rantoul, and St. Joe. And uh, we have the Illini Guys Radio Sports Spectacular on our side at 7 p.m. Tomorrow, our coverage starts at 9 a.m. Saturday Sports Talk at 8 a.m. 9 a.m. is the Ryan Dallas Real Estate pregame show. Kick at 11 after the game here on these signals. You'll hear Illinois Volleyball at Minnesota if you want the fasteners, etc. Postgame show, head on over to Light Rock 97. Five. Big chance for the volleyball team this weekend. Coming off of a, a, a sweep on Wednesday against Rutgers over at Huff Hall. Dominant. But now you got to go up to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Northwestern bit them up there. They got them in five. That's true. So we'll see if Illinois can do that. All right. Uh, the, 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 the crowd tomorrow, we'll see if it's bigger, more boisterous than last week on a homecoming, but in the morning instead of a nighttime game. And uh, Brett Bielma... I've not heard a head coach do this before, and I am a proud alum of the School of Music and the Marching Illini. So Brett, uh, Brett Bielma uh, had a lot of praise. He, does, he was not prompted. He was not asked about this. Wants to give it up for the Marching Illini. I might be the only head coach in the country that, that says this type of thing, but like um, our director of the band, Barry Hauser, gets it. Like, like I've never been around a guy. Um, I had him actually speak to the team a year ago. It's when I first... Had a chance to be around him and like <clears throat> what he pours into game day. Um, I actually, you know, it came out of halftime and as a choice, as a head coach, you we were kicking off. We had a choice which direction to win was kind of a push. It was kind of the equal distance both ways, kind of swirling in both end zones. Uh, and I literally thought to myself, um, where can we go? Because I thought it would be a final possession game. I, I told our coaches all week, told our players, um, nothing that happened on Saturday was a shock to them. We kind of talked about the way that I thought this game would go. Of course, I was going to welcome the other way uh, uh, in a positive direction if it happened but I chose uh, to kick towards uh, State Farm uh, so that we knew that 
uh, at the end of the game, if we were in a situation where we had to score, we would be down in our student section. And if, on the flip side of it, if it was a backed-up scenario, um, they would be in our student section. That literally affected our game because of our student section and our band. So Barry obviously has direct control of the band. He was just awesome. He gets it. He understands it. Um, and then our student section, um, you know, we had a couple block high students come out last week and, and the way that they arrived and, and the way that they stayed um, was just truly an indication of what this place could be. We weren't quite there, obviously. Um, whatever the number was, it was as loud as it's been since I've been here. And so whatever we can do to get it to a, a place to be even higher this weekend for homecoming would be awesome. Uh, but it, it, as a head coach since coming here, I just recognize and understand people that get it, right? And that jumped out to me huge. Um, Go band kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. He gets it. As long as he's not getting whistles from the referee, he gets it. Maybe he gets it a little too much. Well, does it bother you if he does? There was no flags. No. There's no way. just said, hey, stop playing. The world according to Bob Osmussen. Does he get it? Your mileage may vary. We'll talk to Bob in just a moment. On the latest episode of Inside Illini Football, we discuss the Illini's ranking, its win against Iowa, and how the game against Minnesota hinges on Tommy DeVito's health. The particular funk you are hearing can only mean one thing. It's time for The World According to Bob Osmussen, News Gazette columnist, longtime coverer of Illinois athletics, and he joins us here in studio uh, with a passive-aggressive request to not talk about baseball. Correct. <laughs> I, but I could give you some news. I just saw Minnesota land. I saw them here oh. at, at their hotel in buses with policemen escorting them. Apparently, there's, there's going to be trouble with the Grovers in town. But, yeah, I saw them. I drove right by where they came in, where they stay. They stay. Everybody knows this. Visitors stay at the Holiday Inn mm-hmm. in Champaign, not far from here. So I drove right by them. Uh, I was worried I was getting pulled over, but it was actually for them. <laughs> I didn't see P.J. Fleck. I didn't yell at them, but I did see them. A lot of big guys, so that's Good sign. We know that you're a huge PJ Fleck fan. Not really, but I, <laughs> you know, I do think he's done a pretty good, pretty good job. I give him that. But he's, it's funny because this week Coach Bielema keeps saying he hasn't said this just once, like multiple times. PJ and I aren't the same kind of guy. I don't get what he's talking about there. But I'd be curious. I'd like more depth to that answer. <laughs> what does that mean? Does that mean? I, I assume it's negative toward. PGF like, but he's not being negative. He always follows it with, they, he does a great job. I love the way they coach. So it's not football related. It must be personality personality related or something. It's different. Well, I don't I don't think uh, Coach Bielema is a big um, motto guy. Big row well, the boat. That would, well, I well, he's, he's got tough, smart, dependable. Yeah, yeah but Fam, that's different. Fam, that's not, stacking days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's more all, saying, all coaches are a little corny. I, I, that's more scenes. I think this is more. It's it feels like more marketing for Minnesota than for Fleck than it does with Coach Bielema. I just think he's he's more a little more genuine. I think well, that's why Bielema doesn't have a personal trademark on a on a phrase. Right, twice in two different schools. So that's yeah. I just think there's some genuineness to it here. That does not exist in Minnesota. That's my theory. Yeah. Anyway, PJ, I I do think PJ Fleck works in 
Minnesota in that way. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're still fighting for some. Yeah. And so you have to do something that sort of stands out. Yeah. And he does that. Yeah. Uh, he's not listening. So he's kind of fakey. It's my take on him. <laughs> he, he's not listening. I'm sure he didn't. First thing he did, did when he got here <laughs> he is was to say, I'm going to turn on WDWS. I think that'd be great if he did. But I don't think he, I don't think he knows much beyond what's going on personally. If we look down to the sideline tomorrow through binoculars and cannot find P.J. Fleck, and then next thing I'm doing is looking over my shoulder because I <laughs> right. think he's going to be up in a press box looking for you. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not afraid of him. He was on all All-State team. I put him on All-State team way back when, so he should, he should be nice to me for that reason. <laughs> but beyond that, I've never been really – I'll tell you one thing about their team. I, this will be in the paper tomorrow. Their record – their opponents that they've beaten this year – their record, I think, is three nineteen. So they're not good. The teams they beat are not good. So I think people are there. Well, I don't understand the Illinois being underdog at home against that team. I don't get it at all. I'm sure a lot of the concern is the quarterback situation. But beyond that, even that, that's not worth a touchdown. Well, that, that that's what I was wondering. How, how much do you think the quarterback changes the situation? And not the a line ton. Line? No. I, Illinois has not given up points to anybody. So that's, and Minnesota is beating bad teams. So it, to me, it's kind of a. I think it, worst case, it's, it's it's an even game. It's a should be a minus one game. I don't care about the betting part of it. I just think mm-hmm. I'm puzzled by the point spread. I just don't think the quarterback makes that much of a difference. Could could, but Chase Brown's still going to play for Illinois. They still have the same receivers. I don't think the quarterback will be Tommy DeVito. No, I assume it's going to be, uh, or. Sikowski. My question is, if, if this is a uh, division clincher on the line or where the Big Ten championship, is Tommy DeVito going? Is well, he in, is he, if he's, he's healthy, been practicing, yeah, is he in a good enough close. position where he could go, but he's Brett Bielma keeps dropping hints like we, we want to monitor for the long term. Well, and that means I got a week off after this game, and we got five more games after that. I want him there for the, those five games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he sits this week— I'm pretty sure the five more games are going to be good. So right. I think he thinks he can win with Arsikowski and his defense playing well and Chase Brown taking the ball. I think that would be my calculation. For it up to me, I would set DeVito, unless, unless he's had a great recovery, which is possible. They, have, they can do a lot of things with uh, ice and treatments and all sorts of things, but I doubt that would be the case. I'm pretty sure DeVito's not playing tomorrow. If Jeff Fleck is listening, but he, he probably believes whatever he believes. That's fine. How much does a win convince more voters or, or anybody oh, else that Illinois is legit? Ton. I, yeah. I think they think they're legit because that only loss is a two-point game at Indiana, so not a, not a dis- disgraceful loss. But I think, yes, if Illinois wins tomorrow, they'll jump up. I looked at it because, you know, based on other teams playing other teams, mm-hmm. Illinois will gain about three or four spots at least. It could be more depending on what happens. On but I think, yeah, they're guaranteed to jump to – they were 24 this week on my ballot, 23. They jumped to 20 or nine, 21, somewhere in there, maybe more. And then they have next week off. So the best thing ever is to be five or six and one sitting there – with a week off, and all that you're going to do is move up mm-hmm. because every team ahead of you is going to lose. So I think they move. I think if they win tomorrow, 
have next week off. They're going to Nebraska, probably ranked somewhere in the top, lower part of the top 20. So maybe well, 78, 18. And if, like yeah, that. if more teams lose next they week. Will. They, they will. They will. Yeah. And so a 17, 18, maybe, maybe even higher. Which kind of, if you think of a 6 and a 1, Illinois, number 15 going to Lincoln, that's a pretty big game. That becomes the biggest game ever. Really. <laughs> We have a couple of phone callers, 356-9397. Hey, Jim, you're up with us here on Sports Talk. You got a question for Bob? Sure do. What you say, but um, I disagree about the quarterback deal. I think it's a huge difference, personally. And, and, um, gosh, I don't know. You know, what do I know? But 10-point differences, I just think we're a I think we're a really pretty good team with DeVito and, and uh, when Hart's out there, it's like, just oh, gosh, what's going to happen next? Uh, I like the guy. He's a fighter and, and uh, all that, but I don't think you can count on him. I think DeVito is as good as a quarterback as we've had since Kirk Kidner. That's how much. But, again, what do I know? Just be curious what you think as far as rating DeVito. Oh, he's having a great off to a great start. If he was healthy, I think he'd definitely play. I think Illinois would have a chance to score a lot more points. I do. I do think Arsikowski with a full week to prepare. He prepares every week like he's ready to go. But it's different between getting the first team snaps and the second team snaps. Mm-hmm. It's a huge difference. He'll be better prepared on Saturday. Plus, Illinois will prepare the game plan more toward our strengths, which should be. Throw the ball down the field more, and again give the ball to Chase Brown. That's what I would I would do anyway. But yeah, I think you're right. There's a difference between the two. There's no question. I do not think that Tommy DeVito is as good as some of the quarterbacks since Kirk Kidner. I think no. Nathan Schellhaus is better. I think Juice at times was better. Juice, Juice Williams. I think our, our, um, different Westland, styles of game. Westland but... was pretty good player. Yeah. So I think, but I think he's definitely in the conversation, and he's off to a great start. He's going to be a guy after one year we're going to talk about probably fondly forever. So I think that's fair. I think they would be better off with him on the field if he's healthy. If he's not healthy, go with the backup that knows what to do. Kiplai has done this before. And a guy you've counted on in the past. And you give, just give the ball to Chase Brown 40 times. Another call for you, Bob. It's Bob. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, I was. I saw some list on the internet, and I don't even know the source, but it listed 50 top Heisman candidates. So I'm looking to see where Chase Brown is, and no name is nowhere to be found. And last I saw, he was leading the nation in rushing. I don't know if he still is. And I expected to see the Alabamas and Ohio States and Oregon's quarterback in there, but there were a lot of other schools too. I mean, what does it take for that guy to get some national recognition? Yeah, I think he will. I think once he goes by a thousand, which will be probably this week, he, he'll he'll have a chance to move into more conversations. I'm a voter, so right now he's on my list. So I, that's one of uh, about nine hundred nine hundred voters. But he has a chance. Is it really that many? Nine hundred. Nine hundred voters, I think. Maybe, maybe well, eight hundred. Uh, my I'm, question is: Is what does it take to to put a running back over? The best quarterback. It well, just feels like it's the best quarterback's trophy. Usually, but there's been running backs the last couple of years, so it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think Chase Brown had a good year last year. He's having a great year this year. I think it definitely is. My, I actually wrote to the guy who's in charge of the Heisman voting today 
He was asking me to be the state rep in, in Illinois again, which I've done for several years. And I said, yes, and I may have, for the first time since I've been a voter, a candidate here in Illinois. And, you know, he didn't say, you know, you can't vote for him. I think I think the idea is that Chase Brown is a candidate. It's, it's thrilled a lot of people and will grow as, as years go on. The Heisman type and Heisman, really the important part of the Heisman, doesn't really happen until probably two or three weeks from now. Hmm. I think once you get dive into November, candidates will come out of the blue. You have guys that you aren't thinking about now that will, you'll say, hey, what about this guy at Illinois who has a 1,000 yards as running over everybody? It'll happen. I, th- I think, Bob, I think he has a chance to be fairly high in the voting if he continues to play like he is. And Illinois does well. It's very important how the team does. Uh, but I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, it's going to be hard for anybody to pass C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's going to be hard. Uh, yeah, I think that's. He's just got a huge advantage. Well, he's kind of in the same position as Illinois. Got to keep proving himself against the better competition. Did it against Wisconsin. Did it last week against Iowa. You do it against the, right, this exactly. supposedly rushing team and touchdowns. Blake Corum sitting at like eleven or twelve touchdowns. Right. Mo Ibrahim, I think, has got double digit touchdowns. Well, Tommy Brown stole three of his touchdowns. Yeah. Okay, two games ago, took three of them. Uh, on sneaks that easily could have been chased by. I'm kidding about that. I think it was probably mm-hmm. smart. I actually like sneaks because I think it's the safest thing, and we need the score. But I think mm-hmm. Tommy Tommy DeVito has three that belong to Chase. Yeah. So, stepping aside, uh, Bob, if you can hang, we'd sure. be glad to have you for the next segment. Matt Daniels checking in as well. Back in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Join us for homecoming at the University of Illinois. It's Illinois and Minnesota. The Golden Gophers kick at 11 in Champaign. 9 o'clock, Illini game day from Grage Grove coming up Saturday. Funky Friday Sports Talk. The gang's all here. Happy homecoming with Evan Connum, Scott Beatty, Bob Osmussen, and now joining the party, Matt Daniels. We saved the best for last. Great to see you, sir. Good to see you guys, too. Editor of the News Gazette sports pages at IlliniHQ.com. 17-12. That's what you said on Monday. Yeah, sticking with it. I, uh, I spend about 15 seconds thinking of it in my head, and I just go with it the, the whole week. So uh, Is that sure. just because you're a, you're an intuition guy? You're a good yeah, guy? Yeah, why not? Why stress about something that you, gotta you, can't, you can't predict the future? It doesn't matter. It doesn't we, matter. We, we, we read Joe that? Madden's book this week. Right? You take the information in, but then you make a decision based on your experience. People remember only they only remember like last week when you almost nail it. That's the only time people remember. That was the second time I almost got it. I had thirty seven nothing for Chattanooga. That's it was pretty good. Nothing. <laughs> Nine eight last week. I just needed a safety. <laughs> you close. I got seventeen twelve. Four field goals for Minnesota, so the But we all knew the eight was just to be snarky. Well, it could have happened. Because well, I understand. Uh, it Iowa, a lot of things could. They happen. do get a lot of safety. I was, I was really, safe. really bad on offense. They're it's really a, good on defense. It's an OSF Illini Friday, brought to you by OSF Healthcare Cardiovascular Institute, offering total heart care from pacemakers, bypasses, valve replacements to heart transplants. The Braves just scored, Bob. <laughs> I know it's, it's awesome. Six to one. Excellent. It's a comeback. Here comes their comeback. It's called the Sports Talk Bump. <laughs> when we're watching and talking about them and you're here with us they score it's good, it's good. they hadn't been scoring before so we, we got here a, we have a rule at my house 
Julie, we consider a jinx for the Braves, <laughs> so we don't like like to watch the game with her. So with did that. she not watch any playoff games last year? Yeah, uh, not many. And when she did, she walked in, Braves did not score. She leaves home run. It was, <laughs> it was uncanny how often it happened. So we don't let her watch the Braves. So yes. when you guys celebrated and shot off fireworks at the Osmussen household last October, did she know what was going on? Sort of. We told her. Once, okay. once it was safe, we okay. said, you can come in now. We're up 7 nothing. You're good. Why are they shooting fireworks off? <laughs> well, the Braves must have lost. <laughs> <laughs> it's really Wonder funny. what's going on. It's really funny because at my house, two of us really care about one team. It's Atlanta. We have forever. Hank, of course, because mm-hmm. of his name, but we, we have really – Become we kind of dominate the house during this time of year, and I think everybody else gets gets mad. So great. Uh, are, are we capturing homecoming? Not the, not just the game, but I mean the festivities and all that. Is that? Oh yeah, uh, Holly Hart, our, one of our photographers, will be out uh, tomorrow, uh, and I believe Robin Schultz is out there for the homecoming parade tonight. So uh, getting all the sights and sounds, and uh, yeah. We're focused on the game and, and the sports section, but understand obviously the the pageantry. And I mean, we had on Tuesday's sports section, we had all the the orange fountains that are out at the That's Alice cool. Campbell mm-hmm. Alumni Center. So uh, yeah, it's it's homecoming, Illinois, trying for the first homecoming win since uh, 2019. That uh, infamous or the famous, not infamous, famous game in Illinois history. James. In the infamous gray ghost uniform. Yes, which Those thankfully are, are, are well. no longer there. But James McCourt hitting that game-winning field goal against Wisconsin to, to stun the sixth-ranked Badgers at the time. Can Fabrizio Pinton do it again? Why not? I mean, he's uh, no one this last Friday at this time probably had ever heard of Fabrizio Pinton outside of his <laughs> family and his teammates and... Bob probably knew who he was I did, studying the roster. Yeah, uh, But, yeah, it looks like he's going to be the kicker again. Uh, Caleb Griffin out uh, this week with an injury, leg injury still. And then uh, Will McManus likely going to handle kickoff. So the, the special teams will get uh, quite an emphasis as well because it's crazy to say this, but you're seeing the top two defenses in the country in right. Champaign and, and scoring defense are going to go at it tomorrow at Memorial Stadium. Are you guys surprised, and this is my unscientific data, but just looking at it, that last week's game was more popular in attendance than perhaps tomorrow's will be? No, I think last week, just because of the, the big win at Wisconsin, obviously to the the very big push by Brett Bielema, Josh Whitman, pretty much anyone associated with the Illinois football program to fill up Memorial Stadium as much as they could, and also to the timing of the game. That it was game, a 6.30 yeah. 6.30 kick. It allowed people from out of town, the Chicagoland area, to, to pretty much spend all day getting ready to the game, driving for the game. This is the first... This is I, I mentioned this in writing about my pick in tomorrow's paper, too. This is kind of a sign, maybe, that Illinois is getting relevant again. This is the first 11 a.m. home kickoff this season. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty late. And it was set. And it was set. Yeah, yeah, it was set ago. back in the summer, too, when, when the schedule came out as well. Um, but yeah, I... I I'd imagine you'd see somewhere in the announced crowd low to mid forties, most likely, and uh, should be a great day for for football. It's just that eleven a.m. kick, I think, is is a hindrance sometimes for Illinois. I know one thing for sure: the next Illinois game after this one will be sold out and full at eighty five thousand people. You like? It? Yeah. So yeah, I thought you were going to say. I thought you meant like the next home game. No, next Champaign. road game will be well, five thousand. Back to the last four games are going to be. Full, full crowd for them. Yeah, Nebraska and at Michigan, Michigan on the road. And then Northwestern, not so much. Well, yeah, they're going to decrease their capacity at some point in the future. That but no, but even Mickey Joseph said this week, too, that the last home game Nebraska was at that was 
it wasn't really a sellout. It was close, but yeah. it wasn't. Close enough. They, counted. they, they, they counted it. They got it. Yeah. Somebody apparently tickets there out. bought a bunch of tickets to make sure they got solid numbers. Oh, so yeah. Why not? But Matt, what's the big game tonight besides the big game that we're featuring uh, between Rantoul and St. Joe? And I'm asking that because that you know mm-hmm. that got a big place this week in the ramp-up coverage. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be on 97.5 here in an hour with Joey Wright and, and Colin Likas on the call. I'd have to say uh, further north of Rantoul, just up by 57 in, in Paxton, uh, Unity Rockets are sitting at six and one this year. Paxton Buckley Loda is at five and two on a, on a little bit of a two game skid, having lost some some very good opponents though. And in Prairie Central, who's unbeaten, and Monticello, who's five and two as well. Uh, Unity's won six in a row. Uh, they only lost in, in week one at Prairie Central, and, and like I said, the Hawks are undefeated and state ranked. Unity's state ranked as well. It's a huge game for for both teams is for they're trying to get a first round home playoff game and uh unity's got a tough one next week at home against monticello pbl doesn't get any easier too they they go to st joseph ogden next friday so I, it's kind of a, a statement game for pbl to see if they can hang with unity they did last year in the playoffs too i covered their second round game down in tolono and pbl gave a, a great effort in that game only lost 21 14 but unity's really rolling right now their offense is clicking uh, and their defense is playing well and, and pbl's well, kind they of, finally got a coach that knows what he's doing yeah i mean scott hamilton's only been there 29 seasons won more than 260 games as a hall of fame coach and led the team to the playoffs 27 of the 29 years one year being a COVID no affected season but uh yeah he knows what he's doing quite a bit and kale rodden's their, their first year starting quarterback uh replaced blake kimball who was our athlete of the year last year uh, across all sports in the high school ranks here at the News Gazette, and Rowden's really developed uh, throughout the season. Struggled in the first game against Prairie Central, but I think that was more Prairie Central being really good, and he's really adaptable. You've got a really good running back in Matt Brown, and PBL, it's a chance for them to just kind of bounce back after a tough loss at Monticello. They lost two key players to some serious injuries as well, so uh, that, that's one game that I'm looking forward to. Centennial's got a tough game, too, tonight. Three hours south of here, down at Collinsville, a non-conference game. Uh, the Cahawks are 6-1, and one. Centennial's 7-0. and oh. They're trying to get their first uh, unbeaten regular season since 1998. Uh, and they've got a huge, huge game next Friday night at Tommy Stewart Field hosting Normal West and what could be the, the game to decide who wins the Big 12 mm-hmm. Conference this season. So, in other words, there's some big games tonight. Yeah, there are. All right. All that will be at newsgazette.com with the uh, high school scoreboard and whatnot. Of course, Joey and Colin and Rantoul for the Spartans and the Eagles. Good job there. Eagles are the mascot of Rantoul. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've, I've covered some high school sports here. I'm not saying I'm as seasoned as you are. Bill Walsh Field up in Rantoul. Nice venue. Mm-hmm. Covered many Not the there. Bill Walsh. No, not different that. Different not Bill Walsh. The, you, you've Walsh covered some stuff at Bill Walsh Field. Big Illinois used to have scrimmages at Bill Walsh <laughs> right. Field when Camp Rantoul. They did. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It was. But that Big 12 probably That's has never 12 gonna teams. That's never going to happen again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, you say seventeen twelve Illinois. What do you say, Bob? I think I said uh, twenty one ten. Yeah, you just made it like two hours ago. Bob. I know. I can't be. remember. I can't remember what I had for twenty one. So twenty one ten. Sure. Everyone on our panel is picking Illinois tomorrow, except Scott Ritchie. Is that oh, right? yep. Scott Ritchie's got the best something. record, doesn't he? Uh, I think so. I think he's five and one. Ooh. Maybe. No, I think I am. Okay, Bob yeah, might be. I am. All right. I'm pretty sure. I'm he's four right. and two. I'm riding. I'm until Illinois loses again. I'm not picking against them the rest of the way. Recency bias. No, I'm. I'm just not. They're. They're winning. Yeah. They're, why would I? Why you, would you, <laughs> you ride a heater until yeah. they tell you to stop. Yeah. It, heck, when they match up against USC in the Rose Bowl, I'll still pick them, <laughs> just like Bob did 14 was, years ago. That was dumb, by the way. <laughs> in hindsight. 
All right. Stupid. This traffic log is telling me to uh, stop the segment, though, so we got to end this heater. (laughs) Appreciate it, guys. Sure. He's good. All right. That's Matt Daniels, editor of the News Gazette, Sports Pages, and Bob Osmussen with the World According to Bob. And we will conclude this fiesta of a funky Friday in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Closing funk time. Happy homecoming to one and all. We had a nice show here. Brian Barnhart was in with the Illini Notebook. Bob Osmussen, Matt Daniels, both from the News Gazette. Get a little sleep. Up and early. Coffee. Breakfast. Go to a football game. Sounds like a good day. Really good day. Looks like the sun's going to be shining. Might be a little brisk out there, but that's what you expect for fall because the temperature is falling. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this one. We will be here with you. 8 o'clock for Saturday Sports Talk, then Ryan Dallas Real Estate pregame show starting at 9. Have a great Friday night, everybody. Alana guys coming up at 7. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, 6 o'clock at night.